God sent his son They called him Jesus He came to love, heal, and forgive He bled and died To buy my pardon An empty grave is there to prove my Savior
about him coming and the wise men. I've heard it since a child. But it, how they emphasize how thrilled they were, the wise men. See, they were Gentiles. And to have the redemption to go see salvation. And they just said, they wasn't just giving gifts. They were thrilled to death that they saw the redemption of Jesus Christ. And the Lord brought them with the star. Praise God. We got some. He cares for us. He sent his only son. Glory to God. Because he lives. I can face tomorrow. Because he
King of Kings. So I'm getting ready for the coming of the King. Coming down, He's coming down for you and me, you and me. Well, this time He won't need a manger. This time He won't need a cross. This time He'll be coming in the clouds. Sinner, get ready, don't be lost. And this time He will be the champion. This time He won't be denied. This time He'll be coming in the clouds. Wearing those garments pure and So I'm getting ready for the coming of the King Coming down, He's coming down For you and me, you and me Oh church, I'm ready Yes, I'm ready Oh, I'm ready Oh, yes, I'm ready Church, are you ready? I'm getting ready for the coming of the King of Kings. Oh, I'm getting ready for the coming of the King. Coming down, he's coming down for you and me, you and me, you and me. Church, you and me. Your love was greater. What could 
give me Jesus. Yes, you can have all this world, but give me Jesus. Promise. 
promises made. Let's keep our promises this morning. Somebody's looking for you on the other side and they're expecting to see you. Hallelujah. today. I know that it's a, I know it's very close to Christmas tomorrow and uh, I don't think there's a better birthday present for Christ than to be in his house, to worshiping him and as many times as we come here we know that it takes his presence to make the difference. And I thank him for the songs. I thank him for those that picked out the songs. Everything from the promise on. Because I know that what God is uh, dealing in our, in our people. And I know what God has been doing. 
And uh, today I was thinking, I was talking to Carl back there. It's been 11 years yesterday that my father passed away. And I know all the my brothers and sisters are thinking about him. Uh, it was a hard Christmas. He died on the 23rd, early in the morning. But I know, also know it was a great relief that he didn't have to suffer no more. It was a great relief that he couldn't hardly eat his food, digest it, couldn't do a lot of things. And... He had a fight inside of him. He kept fighting, kept coming to church all the way up to the last week. But he, he left this life, and I think about him a lot. Go by. I go by sometimes a cemetery, and I stop, and I know he's not there, but I talk to him because it's my time alone. And I know that the God that I call upon and the Savior that's alive and sitting at the right hand of the Father, guess what? He According to the way I read the Bible, it says to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. So I believe my dad's right there. So if I pray to my Savior, Lord, let my dad know I love him. Let my mother know I love him. Let them know we're going to finish this race for you. We're going to live this life out the best that we know how. We're nobody. It ain't about us. It's about what he has done. For anyone that will come, what a blessing it is to be a child of God today. The world is falling off seemingly the cliff, but we are heading home very soon. And I praise God for his grace. And like was already said this morning, everybody looks so beautiful. All the red and green and we got about, what, four new babies or five new babies in the, in the church this year. And uh, they're precious, everyone. They kind of make Christmas a little special. And I thank God for that. Last week, you don't give me, uh, God put something on my heart at the beginning of this month about Christmas. And last week I talked about the first part of it, which was the anointed one. And I want to go back to something because I didn't get to finish it all last Sunday night. That's okay because we had a beautiful service without preaching. But I know this, God never let that leave me. It's like every time I would look at it, and here's the hard part, when you give me two weeks at the same subject, something's going to be added. And just try it yourself, it's hard to do. But I thank God for what he gave me, and I'm going to do my best. How many times you come into the house of God on the Christmas week, of whatever they celebrate Christmas that week, and you come in and you always hear the same story. You always hear, and uh, and it's a beautiful story. It's about the story of Jesus coming into this life. But how many knows when a baby's born, they begin to look around at the parents. They look at the heritage. They look at the bloodline, and I won't talk about a little bit of the bloodline, because I want you to understand, this is not a fairy story. It's not a baby being born 2,020-something years ago. If it, was two, if it was zero back then and this is 2,023, it might have been 2,023 year, years ago. But if that's exactly when it happened, he'd be 23 years old now. 
telling my kids the other night when we was having a little Christmas at our house. He, Jesus would be 23 years old now if it was zero. Somewhere in that area, he's supposed to have been born. Somewhere in that era of time. And I think about that, and I think that means he's still facing a cross. And I also know that he'd already came into this life, the Savior of the world. Now, we talk about this a lot. We talk about his second coming. We talked about his first coming many times. And it's a beautiful story. But I want you to understand why he came. This is not a good story. This is not just a good ideal. This is not just to make you feel good around Christmas. It is not that God's trying to toot his own horn. Jesus came for a reason. And the reason he came, listen to me real clear, the reason he came, the reason the Father sent him, the reason he stepped into this life was to bring you and I back to God. Listen to me. There's scripture for it, and I'm going to show you at the end. But he came to bring you and I, or any that one that will come, to him. It is not a church social club. DJ said it this morning. It's not for if you're coming to the church for those reasons, you're missing the gospel. The gospel is real, it's alive, and it's personal. I want to read something in Luke that that's the only part of the this that I want to read, but I want to read this uh, Luke, the second chapter. I want to read two verses. The first one is verse 11. My son David and them boys put out a sign in my front yard when they decorated my house for Christmas, and they put a sign, and it's made out of light string, and it says Luke 2, 11. That's all you get out of it. You have to go home and look it up when you go by our house. But Luke 2, 11. Here's what Luke 2, 11 says. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign, verse 12, this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And I want to read that again, the 11th. It says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. That is a pro prophecy being fulfilled. When the angel is speaking to the shepherds that day, I want you to hear what he's saying. For unto you is born in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That is connected to Isaiah 9-6. It was read this morning. But Isaiah 9-6, the first part of it says, Unto us a child is born. How many knows he didn't come as a grown-up? He didn't walk out of the desert. He didn't walk out behind the rocks. He didn't float down on a, a cloud. He came as a baby like you and me. And the Bible teaches all the way into the Old Testament and all the prophecy, it teaches his genealogy and it teaches his, uh, the prophecy of him being, uh, being sent into this world. He's coming and the, and the word of God in Isaiah was telling about this going to happen. And it says unto, unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. Now, why would Isaiah write that 800 years before Jesus ever came? He wrote it because God had put it in his spirit. God has had a plan all the way from the beginning. 
Ever since Adam and Eve fell, he's had a plan. And that's why he chose Abraham. That's why he chose the children of Israel. He knew they would fail. And you know what? When you look back Jesus' uh, bloodline, guess what you find? You find people that God intended to bring the Savior through, but they're also failures just like me and you. Every one of them failed. Every one of them has sinned and come short of the glory of God. So don't tell me God can't use you. Don't tell me you've already walked the path that you're walking and you can't be nobody else. You just got to be yourself and let God deal with the rest of it. No, God's telling you, come and I will make you a new man. He's been teaching that all of, all of my life. I've heard that. There's another scripture, John 3, 16, the first part of it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. How many knows Isaiah 9, 6 is talking about a son given, and then in John 3, 16 it says, a, a son, it says that God gave his only begotten son. How many knows it's talking about a son given? All the way back from Isaiah to John 3, 16, it's talking about a son that was given. Who was that son? It was the son of God. Now, I call this script, I call this uh, whole, whole message, it's his story. It's the history. I want to know the history. I want to know why. I've got a paper right here that I wrote down last week. And on that paper is every book in the Bible. And I said it last week. Every book in the Bible, and it tells how Jesus was in every book. I mean, here's what I'm saying. You can go through it all the way from Genesis all the way to Revelation. You're going to find it was about Christ. Somewhere in there, the story is about his story. It's about the history of the Savior of the world coming into the world. All the way through it. And you've got to understand something. This is not just a normal baby. This is not just anybody's baby. It, I, it ain't talking about the beauty of the outside. It's talking about who he was. And then when it says, and this shall be a sign unto you, that was a sign that Isaiah gave. But when he said in verse 12 of Luke 2, he said, and this shall be a sign to you. Who's that talking? That's the angels talking to the shepherds. Here's your sign, shepherds. You shall find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. He's gonna, they're going to go down to Bethlehem because you find that right after that. They just said, let's go and see what this angel has brought to us. And they went looking for him. And I don't think two babies was born in Bethlehem that had swaddling clothes laying in a manger in an inn, because there was no room in the inn. There was the Savior and they found him. Okay. Jesus' bloodline. This is the verse God gave me. I put it in the bulletin. I called Anna and I said, Anna, this is, or Shirley did and told Anna, this is these scriptures I got to write down and, and put it in the bulletin. That was all the way back at the end of November. But the first verse of it is in Matthew 1.1. And if you want to look at it, I want you to hear what Matthew 1.1. It's very short. But listen to what it's saying. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ. Matthew starts it out saying that. Matthew's getting ready to tell you his bloodline. 
He's getting ready to tell you. But he says, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Number one, I want you to look real close. The generation of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is not his first and last name. I want you to hear that. His name is Jesus. Joseph and Mary was given a dream, and they were called his name Jesus. Not after the father Joseph, not after the earthly father Joseph. His name will be Jesus. But Christ is a title. Christ is, a, is called, and if you look at it, it is the Greek for Christos, and what it means is, it means the anointed. He was the anointed from all the way back at the beginning. There was an anointed coming. They all talked about him coming, and now he has showed up, and he is Christ, Jesus Christ. Not his last name. It's Jesus Christ. It's who he is. He is the anointed one. Also, Christ means, uh, or the anointed one means also Messiah in the Hebrew. In the Hebrew, it was Messiah in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, it's Christ. And that's in the Greek. It's not a teaching class. I'm just telling you what they mean. It says the son of David and the son of Abraham. Now, what Matthew's doing is looking back. But I like the way he started this. Because, see, God chose Abraham to start his people. God started his plan to bring his son into the world way back. You think he didn't know Israel would fail him? You think he didn't know what was getting ready to happen? He knew exactly. But he kept sending prophet after prophet and leader after leader and kings and those that would stand in the gap for God. He would keep sending them to tell them to, to repent. But it came to the day when he had to send his son because they would not listen. And I'm going to tell you something. God's been warning and warning and warning in this nation today. And God's son is coming. You know it and I know it. You need to be prepared. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to put you down. I'm not trying to tell you you're any less than I am or any better than I am or anything else. I don't care how wise you are. I don't care how smart. I don't care how much... Uh, education you got or whatever it is. I'm going to tell you something. You need Jesus Christ. He's the Savior of the world. In the Son of David, I want to go through a couple scriptures. Listen to this. The Psalm 132.11. It says, The Lord has sworn in truth unto David. There's that promise. He made a promise to David. Listen to this. He sworn the truth unto David. He will not turn from it. God won't turn away from his promise. Of the fruit of thy body, David, will I set upon thy throne. Of the fruit of David's body. Listen to what he's telling him. He's saying it's coming out of you, David. I am promising you that through you, the Savior of the world is going to come. Praise God. You might look up your family tree. My son Timmy uh, got us a, a few years ago a family tree. Uh, shows the Ball family way over here and the Pruitt family way over here and all the mixed up people between there. But, you know, you look at it, uh, we had my grandmother Ball was, her mother was half 
Cherokee, I think, and all that stuff. So, you know, we they ran out of being able to find people because the Cherokee people don't, they have their own set of rules the way they do it. But, you know, it's kind of neat to look back, and I don't know who some of them are. Terry, I don't know who some of them are. I go down there at the graveyard, and I look at it, and they call it, we call it the Pruitt Graveyard. The Bryants call it the Bryant Graveyard because there's about as much as one as there is another in there. But there's a lot of Pruitts buried down in Williamsburg and their family from our generation. It's our genealogy. It's our people. My dad would want to go there. Every time we'd go down there, he'd go down there to preach. He wanted to go and look at the cemetery. And I understand that. He's looking back. Matthew is telling the story of looking back at Jesus' bloodline. He's looking back. He goes through all these scriptures afterwards because he's talking about the book of the generation of Jesus Christ and he begins to talk about all the begots and who had who. And it goes all the way through it. But here in David, he says in Matthew 9, 27, there was two blind men that cried out it said, and when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. They were looking for the son of David. They, were, they knew that he would come through David. How many knows that? Ain't that good? You know what people, even the blind man knew, that the blind men knew that Jesus was coming through the son of David. And they were looking for their Messiah to come. And you know what, when they missed, when the Jewish people missed Jesus Christ, they're still looking for their Messiah. But he's already came. God will give them a second chance to see who, what they've done. In Matthew 22, verse 41, this is about David also. It says, and while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them. These were the Jewish leaders, the Pharisees. Jesus asked him a question, saying, What think you of Christ? Whose son is he? And they said unto him, The son of David. How many knows the Pharisees knew the book of Bibles? They knew that it was coming through the son of David. He would be called the son of David through the bloodline of David. And it says, He, verse 43, He saith unto them, how then doth David in spirit call him Lord? Saying, the Lord said to my Lord, sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. Do you understand what he's saying? David said, the Lord said to my Lord. If he's David's son, if Jesus is David's son, how is he calling him Lord? How is it? It says, if David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? How many knows Jesus knew exactly the answers to give them? They couldn't explain it. They couldn't explain he's the son of David, yet he's called the Lord by David. The Lord, God, said to my Lord, Christ, sit here till I make thine enemies thy footstool. That's in 110 of Psalms. The Lord said unto me, Thou sit there on the right hand till I make thy enemies thy footstool. That was written in Psalms 110.1. And the last one of David is in John 7, 
not the last one, but one of the others I wrote down, John 7, 4, 42, says this, Hath not the scripture said that Christ comes of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? Praise God. Praise God. I want you to see the heritage of where it came from. He's the son of David. We can read about his story as coming as a baby. And it was the greatest day when Jesus came into this world. Said it last week. The best day that ever happened to mankind was when the Savior came into the world. The son of Abraham, that Matthew 1, 1 says he's not only the son of David, he's the son of Abraham. And Abraham, it says in 12, 3, when God had called Abraham, he said, And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curse thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. How many knows he told Abraham, all the families of the earth be blessed? Do you think they were just blessed because Abraham was there? Do you think it was blessed just because Jews were born? They tried to kill Jews. They tried to wipe them off the, off the uh, face of the earth. And they're wanting to wipe off the Christians. They're after them. Either change it, change and do some weak Christianity, or we're wanna, we want to get rid of you. They don't want to hear the truth. But he said through, through him all the families of the earth will be blessed. What's he talking about? Through you, Abraham, the Messiah will come. Through you, Abraham. That's what he's saying. How could Abraham, through Abraham, God had chosen him, pulled him out away from his people, made him a new people, and gave him the promises. And then in verse 22, 18, he says, and in thy seed of Genesis, it says, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. Again, he's talking about all the nations, not only all the families, but all the nations will be blessed because of the Messiah that will come through the children of Israel, through Abraham and through David. Galatians 3.16, it says, in the New Testament, Apostle Paul said, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not and to seeds of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. Apostle Paul explained it real clear. He's saying when he talks about the seed, he's talking about Christ coming through the seed. Through the seed of Abraham, through the seed of David. In Isaiah 11, I'm going to read a couple verses. It says, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. Who's the stem of Jesse? You just saw the other day, we saw the story of Ruth. It was on television. And in the story of Ruth, Ruth came from another country. She was married, come, followed Naomi back to Bethlehem. And when she got there, she uh, was the kinsman redeemer, Boaz, redeemed her, married her, and they had a child. That little child, little boy, was named Obed. And Obed had a son. His name was Jesse. And Jesse had a son, had many sons, but his, but his youngest was David. How many hears that? See, it's through David. It was a promise is made. God has been working his plan all this time. Do you think he's confused about the day we live in? Don't, don't ever think it. He's bigger than any computer can put it together. 
He knows everything. He knows the very depths of your heart. He knows the very thoughts of the wicked. He knows the very thoughts of the good. And he knows exactly what he's trying to do with each one of you. And you may be shocked and surprised. Sometimes I'm surprised at what they come up with. It says, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse and a branch. He's not only going to be a rod, he's going to be a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom, understanding, spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Now, you know what? I read all of those things and I realize when the Messiah comes, the anointed one, anointed with the Spirit of God. And you, you can read his story all through the New Testament. He was anointed. When he, when he got uh, baptized, it says uh, the heaven opened up and God said, this is my beloved son and whom I am well pleased. Why? He anointed him to do the task that he was doing. Jesus came into that. And he had all of this spirit of the Lord upon him. Do you know what? There has never been one born that could have all this. Bible, I said it last week. He was given the spirit without limits. There was no limit upon the spirit of God upon him. Why? Because he would be obedient to the Father's will. Jesus said himself, when you see me, he told his disciples, you see me, you've seen the Father. The very reflection of the Father is in Christ. He did no wrong. You hear what I'm saying? He grew up like a little boy. I think his mother taught him. I think his father taught him to be a carpenter. Father Joseph. But he was on a mission. And as soon as he got old enough, he knew what his mission was. But he was taught by his mother, his father. He came to be one of you and me. If he didn't come that way, then he couldn't be our savior. He had to walk the steps that you and I walk. He had to feel what you and I feel. He had to have a, a mind and a heart and make choices. And when Satan came and tempted him, he always used the father's word on him. Always spoke the truth, God's word. You can't do it any other way. You can't come without the truth of who he is. First chapter of John, the 41st verse. He first finds his own brother Simon. Who is this he? It's Andrew. Andrew was walking with John the Baptist. Jesus came by. And when John the Baptist called him the, the Lamb of God, the one that takes away the sin of the world, Andrew began to follow him. And it says here that Andrew first found his own brother Simon, talking about Simon Peter. And he said unto him, We have found the Messiah. How many knows what he said? We have found the Messiah. We have found the one that all of Israel's been waiting on. We found him. He tells Simon, his brother, which is being interpreted the Christ. 
He's the Christ that came. He's the Messiah that came. There is no other. There's not, God's not going to grade on the curve. He's not going to have somebody else to come and change it for you. We have to come to him. He and he alone. Matthew 16, verse 13. 16 and 13 of Matthew. It says, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said unto him, And they said, Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. And others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But he said to his disciples, he said to them, But whom say you that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. How many knows that's what you have to come to? You're not coming to a weak Savior or a, a program of Christianity. You're coming to the same Christ. You're coming to the same Son of God that Peter recognized. Jesus told him, he said, you didn't get this of yourself. Flesh and blood ain't showed you this. My heavenly Father has showed you who I am. Jesus didn't go around and say, I'm the Lord, I'm the Lord, I'm the Lord. No, he spoke truth. He spoke for the Father. He spoke in place of the Father. He spoke to the hearts of everyone. He never spoke wrong words to any of them. Think about it. And his disciples are walking with him, talking with him, listening to him. Here he's facing, every day he's facing new dilemma, new problems, new troubles. He's the Savior for everybody. But he came to be accepted as the Messiah and the Christ. And if you don't accept him, there's not another coming. Don't know why I keep saying that, but it's true. He has already came. You either accept him, He's not dead. He didn't die 2,000 years ago and, and get vanished away. No, he arose from the dead. Acts, Acts, one of the things that this paper I wrote about what he is in every book, in the book of Acts, he is the one that ascended to the Father. That's what it says about him. There is only one that ascended to the Father, and that's Christ. Simon Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said, Blessed art thou, Son, uh, thou Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to thee, but my Father in heaven. In John 11, 26 and 27, you've heard this story. It's about Lazarus. But listen to me, John, the or John in uh, the book of John, he writes down that Martha spoke the same thing. Did you know that? You know, we always just read where Jesus said, I am the resurrection and, the, and he that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Then he asked Martha, believest thou that? Then we quit reading. But the very next verse, the 27th verse says, she said unto him, yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ. How many knows Martha was a, 
Martha and Mary and, and Lazarus was his friends. He went there and ate. Lazarus dies and Jesus shows up too late. He's already dead. She's questioning him. If you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. Him and Her and Mary's tore up. Why didn't Jesus come? He healed all kinds of others. But he wanted him to die to show he had power because he is the resurrection. He has the power. But it says here that Martha said, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. How many know she recognized who he was? She spoke it. Peter spoke it, and he's always gotten credit for saying it because Jesus said, my Father in heaven has showed you that. But Martha said the same thing. In John 20, the end of the book of John, Two verses, verse 30. 31, it says, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written. Why are they written? It says here that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. How many knows this story of Jesus that we read every year? This is not, it's become to the world. They had a, we had played a game the other night. Kids did. One of the things was name five characters of Christmas. Sorry, Shiloh, I'm bringing this up. But I thought about it because I was sitting there and they had went around, and everybody was guessing on one team or another. And it come to my turn, and I just kind of waved off because I'm thinking, Jesus, you see. If you don't mention Jesus. And they're talking about Santa Claus and, and all the reindeer, Rudolph, and all the rest of them, of the characters of Christmas. But the, to my surprise, the last answer was Jesus. I surprised when they even said it. I said, I'm sitting there thinking about it, but I thought, no, I'll just wave off because I don't want to guess no cartoon character. I'm not sure. Ain't that, ain't that the way our world is, though? You're lucky to find one show that or one program that will tell you Jesus is what Christmas is about. That he came. He's the, he's the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, the heritage of where he came from. God didn't have to write all that down there. He could have just said, you know what? You'll have to believe it. He wrote all that down, and we don't bother to look back and read. Because when you begin to get in those books, when you're a child of God, when you begin to read through the Old Testament from Genesis on, all of a sudden, and Ryan's father, Marshall, used to say, what you don't see sometimes, it is revealed that Christ is in every book. You can see him. When you begin to talk in Genesis and you begin to talk about Abraham, you can't help but talk about what he was mentioned about, about the uh, I'll provide myself. My, uh, God says, uh, Abraham said, God will provide himself a lamb. And how many knows he did su supply the lamb? That's who Jesus came. He came to lay down his life and die for you and I because we have failed and had no way to get to God. There was no door, but guess who became the door? Jesus Christ. If we ain't got the door, 
if we don't have a door to our heart open to him, you're in trouble. You have no hope in this life. I don't care how healthy you are. I used to be able to grab furniture and jerk it up and run up and down the stairs. We moved people at Asbury. It seemed like every, every other week, it seemed like. We was moving somebody. Dustal, you remember. Mark, Whitey, a bunch of us. We was moving people all the time. And Dustal's dad came along one day and said, Hey, boys, let me show you how to move. And he got them straps out. And I remember looking at him thinking, by the time you figure out how to put them straps on there, I can have it upstairs. I'm not young like that no more. I realize this body's limited. It's going downhill. I can't do those things I used to do, Carl. I can't do them. I can talk about it. I can see it done in my head. I can visualize me doing it, but just getting down on the floor, just to get down and try to take the pipe loose under the sink. I can get the pipe loose. I just can't get back up with it. <laughs> Ain't that sad? But how many knows we're all temporary? We're temporarily here. Without Jesus, you have not life. He's the life, and he's the more abundant life that you need. He's the greatest blessing of life. When you find him, you will understand. If you don't know him today, you need to know him because, let me tell you, he'll flood you inside with knowledge and understanding of things you never knew. You didn't even know about yourself until he showed up. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit in you will begin to show you things that's not of God. And you'll begin to say, I've got to stop this. I've got to go a different way. God, you've got to give me strength to overcome. Because he overcame. We can overcome. Now I want to read something in 2 Corinthians. I'm about done. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, Paul said, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. How many knows that's the plan of salvation right there? That's really what, what it's all about. That's what Jesus came into the world for right there. It says, who, talking about God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. If Jesus Christ had not come, we wouldn't have no passage to get to the Father. We would stand before a righteous judge that will say you're guilty, and we would all face it. You know what, and I know it. You know what? I, we could have a, a rootin' tootin' happy time here. But can I tell you something? If we don't get that truth in us, if we don't accept Christ in our life, your life's heading in the wrong direction. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by what this flesh tells you. Don't be fooled with what the world. Don't be fooled, like, Mar, uh, like DJ said, reading books along with the Bible. Watch out. 
you'll find the enemy in it. It says, he reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To witness that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed to us the word of reconciliation. Come on back up, you, you players. One more verse, 1 Peter 3. I said it at the beginning. I want you to hear it in Scripture. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust. He was the only just, and we were the unjust. How many knows we fit right in there? The just for the unjust. He once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might, what? Bring us to God. That's what the whole story's about. That's what the whole birth of Christ is about you know I don't know what the manger scene looked like I don't know how they decorate it up they sell you pieces of it it looks pretty got all kinds of little figurines around it all kinds of little buildings and little sheep and cattle and all kinds of things but I think it was like a silent night and a holy night. I think that was the biggest words for the night. It was silent outside of what was going on the hillside with the angels and with the shepherds. There was silence in Bethlehem. Silence. There was nothing. Everybody's gone to bed. Mary has a little baby laying in a manger. Her first baby a promised child, the angel told her she'd have it. And I read after that, and I read about Mary. And, you know, they put Mary, I know the Catholic dude, they put her up on a high pedestal. She was a young girl that was used of God. She was a precious little girl. But can I tell you, even her, Jesus said when her and the boys, or the brothers, came after Jesus, he said, who is my family? Who is my brothers and my mother? But the people that do the will of God. They're my true brothers. Even Jesus knew the place. You know what? We're just as special as Mary was. I know you don't feel that way. But your life is special. Where God puts you. He puts you in this world and you're walking through it and I don't want you to raise your hand if you have ever failed because I know every one of us have failed. But can I tell you something? Jesus came to bring us back to God. He came to restore us to the Father. We're restored through the work of the Savior and the work of the cross. If you don't Accept that in your heart. If you don't cry out, Lord, that's me. I've never been saved. You know, that's how I got under conviction when I was a teenager. I would go to bed at night and I got under conviction so bad that I didn't want to turn the lights out. 
But I'd lay there in the dark and I'd look outside down the north side. They had street lights. Had one every great once in a while. I could see that light outside. But I remember thinking, if I die, I'm going to make heaven. Because I've never been saved. I kept saying that to myself as a teenager. I've never been saved. I'd hear Brother Vaughn and all the people sing about it and talk about it, but I'd never been saved. And I really didn't, wasn't sure what to do. I just kept feeling guilty all the time. And the night that I went to the altar, I remember, I told this before, I was hiding behind some big man every time the minister would look down I would think he's looking right at me so I'd hide and then I kept saying I remember thinking to myself if it just won't sing another verse and chorus because sometimes Brother Vaughn would say sing one more verse and chorus don't that aggravate you on Jimmy Swagger when they do that sometimes oh sing it again I think you've been saying it for 20 minutes <laughs> I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not upset about it. <laughs> but I, I was under conviction and I was trying to get out of there. But they sang it one more. I think it was Danny Darlene. Somebody started singing it again. And Charlie Smallwood turned around, put his arm around me, never hardly said anything, just told me Jesus loved me. I think he didn't even look at me. I just think he felt it. How do I say it? He's standing in front of me, the man I'm hiding behind, but he turned around, put his arm around me, told me Jesus loved me. And I just start taking off my little jacket. And I headed for the altar. And the only thing I remember saying is, Lord, I'm sorry, and I will serve you. I'm sorry, Lord, and I will serve you. I didn't know how to repent. I didn't know how to do anything other than the crowd and say, I'm sorry, Lord. Forgive me. Don't you understand it's that simple? This gospel's not on some shelf that you can't reach. This Bible's not too big for you to read it. It's not too big for you to understand it. It's very simple. Somebody told me the other day they had read a lot of the New Testament, but they hardly ever read too much of the Old Testament. And I said, you know, that's just telling you what's coming in the New Testament. God has prepared people to accept his son as the savior of the world. Are you accepting him? You have to start by going through the door. Jesus Christ is the door to the Father. Everybody stand if you will. Very simple message. It's not something too big and I didn't want to spend all the time reading on all of the uh, the story because you've read it. I would advise you go home and read Matthew 1 and 2 and get the story in your heart because I've read it I read it this, this last week I read Matthew 1 and 2 and I read Luke 2 and you can read it and you can read it and there's sometimes you'll you know you can actually get a sermon on the angels that showed up with the shepherds 
You can get a sermon on Mary. You can get a sermon on whatever you get when you start looking at it because it begins to swell inside of you. The gospel's alive and well. Are you alive with it? Is it in you? Is it in your heart? Is it? Is he the Lord of your life? Have you accepted him for who he is? He was sent by the Father. Come to him today, whoever you are, while they sing. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy, he would save our sons? and daughters did you know that your baby boy has come to make you this child that you delivered oh he'll soon sight to a blind man. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would calm the storms with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you kiss your little baby, oh, you kiss the face of God. Oh, Mary, did you know?
I think she's just a young person. And if you're here today and you don't know Christ, you think about what Mary did just at being told by an angel what was happening. How she had to face them wanting to stone. They could have stoned her. They could have done a lot of things. But the angel spoke to her and Joseph. Angel was involved in the birth of Christ. Angel was involved when John the Baptist came. Think about it. How many knows God knew exactly how to prepare the table for his son to come? One day when we stand before God, listen to me. You have, you'll realize I was just like Mary. I had a choice to make. You hear what I'm saying? You have a choice today to make. You have to choose to serve Jesus. You have to choose to accept him. You have to choose to accept him into your heart and into your life. Just like Mary. That's what salvation is, is accepting. And he sent his spirit to convict you of your sin. Don't think he don't love you. Those he sent the spirit to, to convict and to call, is because he did love you. But I don't want to stand before him without the Savior. There's a fear in me that I get away from God or that God, that God would not see my heart right with him. I don't worry about the circumstances of life. Money and all those other things, we're leaving all that behind. But soon and very soon, we will stand before our Lord. If you don't know him, you're playing a dangerous game. And I don't know why I'm saying that to you. There's a lot of people here, and I don't know of a sinner in a bunch, okay? But I do know that God has sent this to let you know it's time to get ready. It's time to prepare your heart. To say, Lord, help me walk this out with you. Help me live this out with you. Let me walk in the spirit of God from this day forward. Because you will stand before him one way or the other. Bible, somebody already quoted it. Every knee is going to bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You'll confess it whether you have him in your heart or not. It's your responsibility. That's why God gave his son. Not to save America, the nation, but to save the souls of those that are here. God loves you.